We're in the season of Epiphany. And as you're hopefully aware, Epiphany is a season of light. There's imagery of light everywhere in the Bible, from the first page to the last. And, and like most things, we could spend endless hours being enlightened eh, by this imagery in God's Word. But one major event celebrated during Epiphany is the visit of the Magi, or wise men, to Jesus, led by a light in the sky, a light that revealed the greater light that was Christ himself. All that to say, our, our short yet profound passage this morning finds itself right at home in this season of Epiphany. And as we consider the words of Jesus here, let's reorient ourselves with the context. So Jesus is teaching the crowds, right? Likely still in the boat we saw him in last week. Speaking of the mystery of the gospel in, in symbolic form, in parables, Last week, we walked through the parable of the sower, this exposition of the way God's truth interacts with and takes root in our lives. As Drew pointed out, these parables, these stories are are veiled truth, right? And, And they're more than just illustrations. Jesus isn't being cute. They are a form of divine judgment. And we'll get to more of that in a bit, but, but we need to pay careful attention, as Jesus calls us to do. We need wisdom and discernment in considering what we hear because, because God's word commands a response, yes? His word will not return void. And so what we do with what we hear is a matter of life and death. And so here Jesus continues his teaching by speaking about light and truth, teaching about who he is and who we are and our responsibility to, responsibility to steward well what we've been given. So let's hear again the words of our Lord. Verse 21 of chapter four. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. There's that hearing again. We'll, we'll tie that in here in a moment. But backing up to verse 21 is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket. So here's the deal. Sometimes Bible translators will make decisions that aren't very helpful for, for what is actually being communicated. And, and here we have one of those instances. And unfortunately, I, I do think they've missed the meaning of the text. It, it can be inferred, but Jesus is being much more explicit than how it's translated. The original Greek does not read, is a lamp brought in, but rather, does the lamp come? That, that's quite the difference. That really changes things, doesn't it? Listen, listen to what it does. Does the lamp come to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Jesus isn't referring to just any generic lamp, just a lamp. He's talking about the lamp. And I think you can piece together that that's a capital L on lamp. Jesus is talking about himself. See, in in biblical categories, God himself, and, and particularly his law or his word, is referred to as a lamp. Maybe most famously, we have Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, but but it's everywhere in scripture. 
And now Jesus, the, the word made flesh, comes on the scene and, and he's talking about the light that has come into the world with the breakthrough of the kingdom of God. And, and, and he's saying, I didn't come to be hidden or kept secret. I came here as a lamp, as the lamp to be, to be set up on a stand and to break into the darkness and shine to all. Another thing Jesus is doing here is alluding back to the most famous lampstand in scripture, which is the menorah in the tabernacle. This lamp was meant to shed light continually in and throughout the the holy place, but in a sense, that lamp was covered. It it was put under a basket, under the tabernacle. It, It was hidden. But what does Jesus say about that here? Nothing hidden, nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. So, so there's a bit of, uh, of the divine judgment in, in that. Uh, darkness will be exposed, right? Sin will be exposed, just like in the garden and, and just like in our lives. But, but he's also speaking about the truth of his gospel, who he is as the light being revealed to Israel and, and to the nations, The truth of Jesus, the mystery of the gospel was not meant to remain hidden. It was always meant to be a very public truth for all. And that is what is happening. The capital L lamp, the light of the world is now on display and will only be increasingly manifest through the rest of his life and ultimately his death and resurrection. That is a light that is impossible to quench. You cannot extinguish that truth. St. John holds up this theme when he says of Jesus, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he also says of that light that it shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The question Jesus asks is rhetorical. Everyone knows that you don't put a basket over a lamp or put it under a bed. Why? Because it it dims the light. It, It eclipses the light. But here's the important thing to remember about an eclipse. Uh, speaking of our celestial light sources, when a shadow passes over the sun or the, or the moon, it, it doesn't destroy the sun or the moon, right? It, it hides it t- temporarily. Darkness cannot overcome the light. There are so many things that eclipse the light, the light in our world today, so many things. Jesus encourages his hearers that all darkness is temporary. We only need to look at the last pages of scripture where we, where we know that we will experience an eternity of living in the fullness of God's light that, that we won't even need the sun. It's just, just as a, a brief aside, this, this isn't the point of the sermon or the passage, but I do think it's worth pointing out. If the light of Christ has been dimmed or eclipsed in you by despair or suffering or anxiety or depression, whatever it is, hear the encouragement of Christ. All darkness is temporary. Yet, yes, it lasts for the night, the temporary night, but light will push back the darkness and joy will come in the morning. 
His light cannot be overcome. His light in you cannot be put out by your circumstances, no matter how dim it may be now. Verse 24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And here we find the divine judgment of this parable. Parable. There's a play on words that Jesus is using here. The word for basket is a basket for measurement. Jesus is saying, listen, I am being revealed and the truth of my light will not be extinguished. And if you eclipse my light, the same size basket that you put over this lamp, I will put over you. If you hide my light, whatever light you had will be taken away. It's the warning from Jesus to the church in Ephesus in the book of Revelation that that if they do not hear and obey, if they do not repent and, and turn back to the good works that they once did, if they continue to eclipse his light, he will snuff out their lamp. But Jesus also has this beautiful encouragement that by the same measure you manifest my glory, I will manifest my glory in you. What he's saying in all this is that our response matters. What we do with the truth of the gospel revealed in the light of Christ eternally matters. So pay attention, Jesus says. I will be made manifest. And and that requires your response, your action. Drew taught us last week that the hearing we're called to do, this this call to anyone who has ears uh, to hear, let them hear, it means obedience, right? It's not just hearing and listening, it's, it's obedience and action. See, the exposure to light, to the light, doesn't just bring enlightenment, right? It doesn't just change the mind, but also the the will and, and the body, all of us, everything. It's like the light of the sun warming something that's been frozen, right? There's, there's new life. There's flexibility and, and movement given to that thing. So as we know and experience the warmth of Christ's light, we're, we're given new life, not just to think differently, but to act in a new way, to be new. St. Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians that we heard in our readings earlier, that, if everything, that everything that is in the light, everything that becomes visible is light. He's talking about the light of Jesus. If, if we are in that light, we ourselves become light. Jesus says the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world. So if that's true, and if that light must not be put anywhere other than on a stand for all to see, then then we're not to conceal the truth that we know or the truth of what we are. We cannot afford to pretend to be anything other than kingdom lights, reflections of the true light. We must be our 
true Christian selves. You are the light of the world. Be what you are. Light reveals. Our call is to reveal Jesus. Now, that, that may get your blood flowing a bit this morning. Hopefully it does. But, but what exactly does it mean? What does it mean for us to be God's light in the world? Again, more than just thinking different, but, but actually acting and being who we are. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. So let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's how. The light of Jesus shines in our good works. In the context of the Beatitudes, Jesus is talking about our meekness, our hunger and thirst for justice, the mercy we extend, the purity of our hearts, how we reconcile with others, our sexual fidelity, our honesty, our refusal to take vengeance, our giving, our prayer, our fasting, all to reveal Jesus so that God is glorified. Along with the Beatitudes, we can look at the fruit of the Spirit for how our light is to shine. We radiate God's light when we produce good fruit. Our love is light in the world. Our joy illuminates the darkness. Our, our peace, it glows like warm embers. We shine the light of Christ when we embody patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We are light when we expose the darkness. We are, we are light when we stand for justice and truth at work, in our homes, at school, in the grocery store, on social media, in, in all of life. On the contrary, we don't radiate God's light when we put it under a basket. When we hide our works or, or act like Pharisees who do good works only to our friends and not to strangers or enemies. We eclipse the light when we give in to drunkenness or sexual immorality or gossip, discord. So hear the words of Christ that if you are resolved to live in such a way that eclipses his light, yours will be put out. But if you do what you are made to do, and radiate the light of Christ that is in you, that light will shine brighter and brighter, evermore revealing the Son and bringing glory to the Father. Jesus said very plainly, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want to close by tying things back to the season of epiphany that we find ourselves in. This teaching from Jesus in the Gospel of Mark is so important because it, it reveals what God is up to in his world. That, that his purpose has always been not only to shine light into the world, but to exalt us, his children, as, as children of light, scriptures call, Scripture calls us. 
as bright stars shining in the darkness. Your kindergarten teacher was right. You are a shining star. And, and just as the star led the wise men to Christ, we too are meant to guide others to the place where God dwells. We, we are meant to steward well the light, to, to bring others to his revealed glory. The prophet Isaiah says this in chapter 60 of, of Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you and nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So the light that draws the nations is the light that God is. And, and throughout the Old Testament, we see that, that when that light comes, it shines into Israel, attracting the nations of the earth. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. But in this passage, there, there's a bit of ambiguity between the light that God is and the light of Israel. Just in that first verse, it says, arise, shine, for your light has come. What is your light? Is this the light that Israel receives or, or the light that Israel is? Yes. And, and, it, and it has to at least include the latter since the call to Israel is to get up and shine. This reinforces what we've already discovered through the words of Jesus, that the people of God are not only to be the recipients of light, to, to have light shown on them. The people of God receive light in order to radiate light. When the nations come to the light, they come to the light that God is through the light of his people. The brightness of your rising, Isaiah says. And, and this isn't just an Old Testament thing. Even now, God shines out to the nations through the brightness of his people. And, and when we say the nations, yes, the literal nations, we, we see this represented even in the story of the wise men's arrival. And we believe that God's truth and light will bring a great harvest from all nations, which includes our city and, and the neighborhood of Oak Forest and your neighbors. God's light reaches our neighbors because he makes that light, which is himself, available through us, his church. See, the work of the church, the, the body of the Son, who is the radiance of the Father's glory, the work of the church is to put the light of Jesus on a stand for, for all darkness to be washed out, for the truth to be revealed, for all to behold the glory of God. That is the glorious work that we get to participate in. So Jesus asks a rhetorical question in the Gospel of Mark, but let's go ahead and answer it. Does the lamp come to be put under a basket or under a bed? No. No, he did not. So arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Let that light shine 
so all may see your good works and glorify God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, the lamp that illuminates our path and shines in and through us. It is true that in your light, we see light. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be light, to shine with good works, to produce good fruit and glorify our Father in heaven. Assure us again that we are saved only by your grace and help us to not sit idly in that salvation. Give us the perseverance and confidence and energy we need to hear, to obey, to act, to evermore reveal the true light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.